What's going on everybody? My name is Isaac Hongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. And in this podcast that is being shot on on November 3rd, 2019, we're going to be over going over some topics. Uh, it's been a very interesting week in the tech world. We've been dropping a lot of stuff. Apple dropped their new AirPods Pro. We're going to be talking about that and the competition uh, between them and, and the Google Buds. The second version just came out the state of folding phones and the LG G8X and the Motorola Razr, which was uh, recently spotted uh, in the wild. And sort of my thoughts on that and wearables and where it's going because the market is just getting way more competitive and we're seeing a lot of interesting new products coming out in the cycle. On top of that, we're gonna be talking about uh, Twitter banning its political ads, uh, sort of every single political ad uh, on their on their platform and we're also going to be talking a little bit uh, I'm going to give be giving my semi review of Twitter for Mac because Twitter for Mac just came back um, when it uh, when OS Catalina launched so I, I want to talk about that uh, because I think it's <laughs> I am not going to be very nice with this review, I'll say that. I will, uh, let me just uh, fix that. Hopefully everybody can hear me. Um, yeah, like a few podcasts ago, the, the audio was really bad. Also, uh, I'm I, I'm starting to use GarageBand now in order to record this because Audacity still does not work with Catalina 15.2. Yeah, I believe it's uh, OS Catalina, yeah, 10. 15.2 that we are not in that future uh 10.15 still crashes try launching from the terminal didn't work it it's very complicated i know so yeah i stopped using audacity because it was not being friendly and every time that the uh that the files were being recovered there would be huge chunks missing so if if you listen to the last last podcast i apologize for the poor quality it's it was it was not me it was the software also, I want to thank everybody that uh, that signed the petition to get Elon Musk uh, on Hot Ones. So, it, it, to be honest, it just started off as a joke, but I'm really, really happy. 210 people uh, have signed it. I tweeted it to MKBHD, and it sort of took off. Uh, it was my mistake for not throwing in the link right away. But people found it. We are not at 210 signatures, and it, it stayed at, like, 10 20 signatures 15 for a really long time for like a month so picking up steam uh and i'm really happy about that so so to everybody that signed in thank you um and hopefully we get to see uh mr musk on hot ones uh, he also deleted his twitter uh <clears throat> and now is solely on reddit which is sad but thank you to elon for also donating a million dollars to uh team trees so I think that's a great transition into our first story, and I think it's uh, one of the bigger stories because, you know, I, I really enjoy Twitter. I think Twitter is, like, one of the first social medias I joined. Uh, like, it's if I see my Twitter anniversary, I've been on it for 10 years. Uh, I have kind of fell off for a while. I wasn't very interesting, uh, but, you know, it's it's gotten a lot more. It's gotten a lot better. Um I feel like it didn't have a direction for a really long time, and uh, I think that's that was the reason I didn't really want to 
talk about or really be on Twitter, right? It's just like lack of direction by the company, but it's gotten a lot better. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about how Jack, the CEO, announced that there will no longer be um, political ads, whether that be people running for them or certain ideas, certain uh, value, certain uh, petitions uh, being promoted on there. So you can uh, pay for ads, right? It's pay to play to some extent. And, um, you know, that's that's what kind of politics is to some extent. It, it really is to, to the reality, right? Not to some extent. It's the reality. You pay to play. Um, it's, <laughs> speaking of Twitter, um, by the way, that's the reach that says, please get Elon Musk on Hot Ones. Um, it got a pretty good impression. Okay, okay, back, back, back to the story. Anyways, so we'll talk about that afterwards. That way we can just let go of some esteem while we're talking about these political things. Um, so, yeah, we talked about what AOC versus Mark Zuckerberg on the fact that Facebook was not going to be checking uh, these political ads. People were going to be seeing uh, lies, incorrect information. You know, we, we really talked about that. If you were able to make it through the horrible sound of my last podcast um, <clears throat> and sort of what... Um, and sort of the move that Twitter, uh, most importantly Jack announces, you know, you're not, we're not going to be doing this. And some people, you know, say they're going to be mad. There's the argument that, you know, the, the up and comer people are not going to have the same opportunities because they don't get to pay for it. Um, and he announced, you know, it's, um, let me look it up, but he announced it. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to allow it. And to me, um, I think one of the one of the tweets that really stood out to me, if you just search up Jack, um, on Twitter, I think it says, <clears throat> "Internet politics, internet pol- political ads present entire oh quote, quote, internet political ads present entirely new challenges to civic discourse, machine learning based optimization of messaging and micro targeting, unchecked misleading information and deep fakes, all at increasing." velocity, sophistication, and overwhelming squ- overwhelming scale. So, end quotes. Um, this is what we were sort of talking about, right, uh, last time as well. We were talking about how extremely hard it is to teach, uh, you know, machine learning, the context, teaching it what's right or what's wrong, because it completely uh, depends on the person that's programming it. And, uh, you know, there was, you know, I, I saw both conversations, some saying like, Again, certain people that are new, people that are rising, are not going to have the same opportunities. Uh, those older folks are going to have more. To me, it just seems like the best move possible. And that's because people are annoyed at politics at this point, uh, first. And second of all, there's just so much information. Uh, politicians, to some extent, rely on the fact that, you know, people aren't educated as Bad as that sounds, but you like, you know, you're you, you when you're in college, you're taught a certain way of looking at information, checking the sources. Don't just check one source; check multiple sources. Check source, sources you don't like. I I did that a whole bunch during college, and how I would say it's it's very challenging to look at something that you don't agree with, but that's kind of the point of college, right? To be challenged uh, with your belief system with what you think is right and wrong and sort of trying to take an approach that will give you the best results possible to get the facts right. So 
I think this is a really phenomenal move because uh, we saw what happens with misinformation. We saw it in the 2016 um, campaign. We saw what happens when people buy bots, spread bad news. You know, if it has a hundred and like, for example, right here, clearly Jack has a check mark. He has a four word, four word uh, at, which is really, really phenomenal. I mean, who has that? Um, and he's a CEO, right? But if you give it to like, and I know this, right? I, I know this because I've been on the internet long enough. I know what the check mark means. But if you're just some older person who's known to, you know, more frequently vote, um, you know, just older people vote more, uh, older people. Um, and you see that he has 104K tweets, uh, retweets and 429 likes, right? You're going to say, oh, this is completely true, right? And this example, it is true. But if you're seeing some like, you know, unknown randomo uh, 1001 who has 650 retweets and five, 500K likes, you're going to assume that it's real, right? So <clears throat> what I think this allowed it, what Twitter essentially did was kind of clean up themselves saying, hey, you know, stay away from us. We don't want to get involved. And they're taking this uh, from an example from Facebook who saw what, uh, you know, the Russian government did in order uh, to manipulate our perception of what was going on, right? Um, and hopefully I'm, I'm saying that correctly because, um, you know, some people are like, you know, Russia didn't intervene. Some people say they did. But based on what I'm looking at is, you know, they, they did intervene with the elections. And I think this is a really smart move, especially with the elections coming up. And, you know, it's it, there's definitely a lot of money in politics. And to me, to the politicians, you have to actually get creative now. I freaking hate the political ads that are being shown because they're not creative at all. They all use the same template, the same... Uh, the same template, the same tempo, the same music, the same... It's like everybody uses the exact same editor. <sighs> Much like everybody uses the exact same bezel, right? So, um, so get creative now. Um, hopefully, you're paying your interns so they can create some actually good factual content. And to me, um, it makes me want to stick around with Twitter a lot more because, hey, now if it's real... It'll be good and it'll be checked by most multiple people. And to me, Jack, uh, I think this is a really phenomenal move that you made. Uh, it makes Twitter a little bit more clean, but um, that's just speculation, right? Like, uh, <clears throat> like this time, you know, they're not the people are gonna retweet whatever, but it's not gonna be paid. It's gonna be authentic, hopefully, and it filters out the garbage that are all these political ads. And all these, this misinformation, poor information, and <clears throat> hopefully it sort of cleans up uh, this pay-to-play system within this one, within this one sphere of social engagement, right? Um, actually, I was going to talk about my the the Mac experience as well, not the Mac experience, the Apple experience, Apple Store experience. Um, yeah. So again, I think phenomenal move. They saw what Facebook's doing. They saw what what is happening to Facebook. Um, sorry, I keep on checking my, my clock. I just want to make sure I'm still in focus. Um, but I, I think this is po the best possible move that uh, that Twitter could have done. 
and I, I really am happy for that. Um, yeah, I keep on saying, um, sorry guys, it's just, my mouth is dry. <laughs> so, also, all right, now we're gonna move on to a bit of lighter news. Smells like soap. Did not wash this properly. Um, so yeah, so ba ba back to the Elon Musk thing. So that tweet that I sent to MKBHD um, actually got a pretty good amount of uh, engagement. Uh, it's not that one. It's, uh, you know, 2,800, uh, 3,600 impressions uh, on there. Uh, so that's a lot. I think that's the most I've ever gotten on, on some impressions. So that's lighter news. If you saw it, thank you for uh, signing it. And now I'm going to talk about the horrible, horrible Twitter app for Mac. So uh, if you didn't know, Twitter for Mac, like the official Twitter for Mac was not available in previous versions. And, you know, I, ne I never really went on the desktop anyways. I, I always used it for my phone mainly. But I just want to say, someone literally copied and pasted the Twitter app from iPhone and just slapped it on the Mac. And I want to say it's a horrible experience. It's not good at all. It's it's horrible. It's like when I click on the picture that pops up a new window, It's there should be like some sort of smooth transition into it. Um, if you have multiple pictures, you can't even just like right click on it. It's a really bad application. So one out of five stars for me, horrible. <laughs> Whoever designed this needs to get fired. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that because it doesn't work the same for computers, um, but it just, I don't enjoy it at all, right? Oh, and, and when it comes to the political stuff, um, if I do, if I say something that is mis, like misinformation, right? Or something along those lines, um, please correct me uh, because yeah, you, I, I do not want to be a source of misinformation and that's why I stick to tech because everybody loves technology, right? Or hopefully. Um, so now we're gonna move on to, that's my transition. That is the Isaac transition. Now we're moving on. Uh, we're talking about AirPods Pro. Pro, what makes them so pro? It's, um, it's a price tag. <laughs> uh, because this came out, this, is, this sort of came out of nowhere, um, but, I see um, but is also my transition. Uh, <clears throat> this came out of nowhere for me because I thought they were gonna make a bigger announcement about this because I just saw it on a tweet, right? Um, and then I think it was MKBHD that uh, showed it to me. Yeah, I was just on Twitter and they're like, oh, AirPods Pro are out. And that seemed kind of strange. I thought they were gonna make a bigger deal. Um, and they were going to do it at some keynote. Maybe the, they weren't ready at the keynote when they were announcing the new iPhones. So now it's getting dropped right in time for the holidays. You know, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You is on. So they got released. And, you know, uh, the first time I saw them, when I, there were leaks of the preview on, uh, on iOS 11. And they looked a little ugly when I first saw them, right? It's like, mm, 
I don't know if I like the way they look, but now that I look at them, uh, you know, I've, I've ran with a lot of headphones, and now that I look at them, they don't look too bad. Maybe it was just like the renders, the you know, like the the enthusiast the enthusiast renders, you know, just like random people um, who just build the preview. Now that I look at them, they don't look too bad. They look like that one Pokemon in a hair dryer. So, <laughs> I mean, they, they look a lot better than, than originally. Uh, I'm unfortunately one of the people that doesn't have the, the, the well-designed ears that Apple wants me to have uh, for, the, for the first set of uh, AirPods. So, um, so if they fit me, the, the thing is with these, you can remove the tips and put in a different pair of tips, which I never thought I'd see from Apple. Um, but the reviews came out, uh, there's noise cancellation, uh, which to me is something that, you know, you know, I have these Bose QC35s, um, it's something that I, I, I can't live without now. It's really weird. It's once you have it, you don't want to get rid of it. And you know, the way they look, the way they're shaped, I feel like these are going to actually fit me. I tried going to the Apple store the other day to, to find it and to see what they look like in person. Uh, I couldn't find them though, even though it was during the release date, which is the which was the thirtieth of this month. But a lot of people are saying that the noise canceling doesn't make it sound like you're in a submarine, um, and I can testify to that too because when I put these on and I have the noise canceling level set to high, um, it it sounds like you're in a submarine. It feels like ugh, like stuff is crammed in. Uh, I usually put it in like low. So it feels a little bit more natural, but the ambience, the noise, um, sounds way, way better. Apparently, uh, there's great reviews. You know, it, it's really well integrated with the system. Of course, there's no surprise there. Uh, the way it changes depending on your on your thing. So, um, the the price tag, right? To me, it to me these seem pretty worth it, right? Um, there's a squeeze function as well, and you know. Uh, I think they didn't drop it at the right time, but they, it, I'm happy that they're here because now you have choices, you know, depending if, I feel like if you're a person that's tried noise canceling, you don't want to go back either. Let me, let me know what you think. Um, because I don't know if a lot of people are like that. Some people that I've met and I let them try it, they're like, oh, this is weird. But I guess you, it's kind of like you grow into it. Um, but apparently the sound quality is a lot better now, which if you're paying this much, you know, if, I guess if you're paying under a hundred dollars for a pair of headphones, you kind of, you kind of expect that the sound quality isn't going to be that great. But when you're paying $250 for a pair of headphones, I think at that point you should be like, there's better be some freaking good audio coming out of this and not just, you know, not just freaking bass heavy, you know, cheap shots type of stuff. Um, so the sound quality is the thing that's obviously the most important. And I hear it sounds way better, way more phenomenal. Um, should you buy these? I think, I think, hmm. I think if you were someone that's, that cannot fit the regular air, you know, you're already invested into the Apple ecosystem. Um, and they don't fit you, like the first generation AirPods don't fit you, I think you should give these a try, try out noise canceling. 
because you know it's 250 plus tax so probably like 300 bucks on there unless you live in a state that doesn't charge tax um i think you should get them uh really but we're going to talk about the case too I, I feel like people are skipping over the case because okay i can i can get over the design like i, I really like the design a lot more now because they don't look like they're sticking out of your ears as much it just looks like I think this is the strong suit of the Google Buds as well. Um, we're going to be comparing those uh, later on. Um, but uh, what, what we're talking about, yeah, like they don't look like they're sticking out as much. So I can forgive them for that. The, the case, the case got girthier, like longer, like wider. You know, those are all synonyms, right? Um, you know, I, I, I don't really like the case. Like, it just doesn't look pretty. It looks, it just, it looks chunky. And I, I, that's the one thing I don't like. Um, I don't like it at all. Uh, I like that they give you engraving, but I, 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 I don't like the case at all. It just looks, it's not a pretty thing to look at it, in my opinion. And you kind of have to carry it with you. You know, it's, if it's wider, it's fine. But if it's like, uh, like bulkier, like, you know, it's like, girthier like fatter uh, and i have to carry it in my pocket i i personally would not carry it around if i didn't have to because you lose it um i was also really surprised that they only did one color right because we were all expecting you know multiple colors uh multiple colors because you know they already did multiple colors with the iphone the sort of semi green semi gray look which I thought it looked really nice. I thought it was gonna look a lot uglier, but it looks really nice. Um, yeah, I, I just wish they did multiple colors. I guess dbrand is gonna do something about it. Uh, the integration is phenomenal, um, and yeah, I don't. They there's there was no mention in the reviews if this is gonna do heartbeat monitoring through the ears because that was also one of the initial um, goals that. Uh, that Apple had right so I don't know if they're gonna be doing that uh, maybe if someone can dig enough through the software oh yeah that tastes like soap um, um, maybe they they'll be able to find out right because I mean they they could they always hide stuff in there right so really happy with these and now we're gonna compare them to the Google Buds right the Google Buds the number two uh, if you didn't know, Google <laughs> Google had buds, um, and I want to say they look way better. I think uh, a lot of the problems here were that they didn't look as pretty, and they weren't really wireless. You know, they still had the the very small wire going across the across them to connect them. Which uh, you know, someone that runs a lot um, or has been running for a while and has tested you know multiple headphones uh, i really i don't really mind that cord and i know i'm gonna lose it at some point if they were like true wireless um, but that's just like a runner's perspective right um they look way prettier i like i really really like the design on the google buds too um <clears throat> because it just looks like they're earplugs and you're plugging them in and now uh it doesn't look like anything sticking out uh, I believe there's still a bit of noise can. Yeah, I think they still have noise canceling on them. Um, 
and they're trying to do the same thing. Go, uh, go integrate them with your Google Pixel Buds. I believe they're still trying to do the, the thing where, you know, you, they connect like the, the W1 chip, the H1, W1, which chip is it? Just like that. Yeah. You know, like automatic connection. When you see it, you, it pops open and then it's pretty much connected automatically. Um, they look way prettier. They come in multiple colors. You can, you can call on Google. Uh, and I think since they look a lot better, uh, they're, they're a lot closer to true wireless. These are going to sell a lot better. The advantage that these Google Buds have is that, you know, you're able to connect them both with the iPhone and the, the Android and, um, they'll work just about the same, right? So I think that's the, the one advantage that these have. They're also 180 bucks, which is, that's, that's a pretty big difference, um, compared to the AirPods one and the AirPods pro. Why do we throw pro into everything? <laughs> like what makes them pro? The price. Yeah. I already said the price tag. Um, but yeah, I think the, the Google buds are the best competition right now. Of course, we're going to have to wait for those reviews and we're going to have to see, um, whether or not, oh yeah, the case, mm. it's always the case, man. That, uh, I just, just don't want something to stick out. Like it's like a, it looks like you have a rock in your, in your pants. It looks like you have a rock in your pants. Um, yeah, I don't want it to look like I have a rock in my pants, uh, in my pants, um, what is it? Pockets. So <laughs> there, the, I think you, people should put a little bit more focus on the case, but then again, these are things that are going into people's ears. So how small can you make them? Right? So, uh, <laughs> uh, by the way, if you are a website that puts automatic sound in your website, in your website, that should be illegal. Nobody likes that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think these are going to be the best competitors if you're on Android and if they can work the magic, just like Apple in there, then I think it's a really good choice. But again, if you're summoning, Hey Google, where your information going, right? This is all coming back to where your information is going. Uh, but I, I, th I think they're going to be a good choice and I'm still a fan of the wire. Like if Apple made, you know, AirPods, what did, what did they say? AirPods mini where like it still has that sort of true wireless connection. It's not true wireless, but it has like a cord, right? Like it has like a, like a drawstring that connects them. For people that lose it because there is a draw there is a string that allows you to do that um i would totally buy them like i would 100 percent buy that because i i do lose my headphones quite often so and i mean i mean you see the new york news right people are losing a lot of the headphones on the subway and uh i would buy them i'd be that sucker uh, <laughs> i would be that sucker all right so, I mean, earlier I was talking about going into the Apple store and the experience of the Apple store and sort of how that's, that shifted. Um, I don't think I said I shifted, but like, you know, I went to the Apple store the other day and as, as time has passed by, my experience with the Apple store has gone down, right? I, th I think a few videos ago, I, I was talking about it too, about how hard it is to talk to like a, a genius 
and going to see a genius is a hassle and making an appointment when the original idea of the Apple store was, uh, you know, I walk in, I have a problem, I talk to someone, someone helps me fix it. And every time I go into the Apple store, it's not just this one either. It's not the one that I, that's closest to me. It's also the, every Apple store, right? For some reason, I can never get help. Um, I can never get help. It's always a long wait, days to see someone. Um, the pro the problem's always just buy a new one. Like that's, uh, yeah, it's all about the margins, right? Yeah. So um, it really has gone down. And the designer of this, the, the individual that's sort of become in charge of this experience, wanted it to become like a town hall and like not like a town, not like town square. Um, so that people would, you know, come in, talk to the genius, get connected with the brand. And, um, yeah, that's not going to fly chief. I'm sorry. This, that's not a great experience. Like I'm not there to talk to someone. I feel like most people, like I am there to see a new product. I think that's always been the unique experience that I've gotten. You know, I go in, it's like, whoa, like, you know, like when I was buying like my MacBook, like my very first MacBook, I remember like going, you know, it's, it's also part of how beautifully designed it was, right? It was like, you know, like there's no box in between me and the product. It's just like me looking at it, typing it, looking at my website, at a website that I would go to like YouTube and like, whoa. And, um, nobody would bug me. Nobody would come by. Um, I would just go and talk. There was always someone available, but they would never bug me. You know, it was like, like this sort of hypnosis thing that the product had over me because it was right here and nobody was bugging me, right? Um, I'm not there to, I'm not there to talk to someone else. I'm purchasing someone. I'm pur purchasing some purchasing something. So to me it's it's not it's become a lot less of that. It's become more you know, that's also because a lot more people are able to afford this luxury brand uh, because it makes such a phenomenal product. Uh, but I just, it's just a hassle. I don't enjoy the experience anymore. I still like looking at the product, but, um, if anything, I really just, I will order something online from them, which I rarely, do. I mean, I rarely do. I think the last big thing that I ordered from them, yeah, like I bought my iPhone six from them and then, you know, I'm always on a bargain hunt. So I always look for the bargain hunt and <clears throat> I just do not enjoy the Apple Store experience anymore. If I could fix one thing is the amount of time I have to take in order to see a genius. And then that genius gives me a clear answer uh, for the problem aside from just buy a new one. Well, which I think we should talk about the right to repair as well while, while we're talking about this because, um, you know, I there's been a story about how Apple suing like these really small like you know like mom and pop stores how they're you know i think it was in Nor norwegia it was like um I'll, I'll put the link down below but it was just you know them suing someone for repairing the product right and you know to me i i really suck at repairs like i've repaired a few things uh but never like my cell phone right i've never like personally wanted to i think i've discussed this in the past before uh, with the right to repair, uh, how Amazon, how they try to collaborate with Amazon, uh, so they're, they wouldn't be selling third-party parts, 
Um, now they're trying to do it with like, if you go into Alibaba, which I, <laughs> what a funny name, Alibaba. Uh, uh, you can buy like the screens for really, really cheap and then repair them yourself. And they're sort of, you know, um, they're trying to do the same thing with Amazon. Stop selling third party. Uh, the way we keep the margins into that point, you know, Apple is, it to me seems like a, it wants to look very liberal on the outside, but have, has very conservative, you know, tactics, especially when it comes to repair, right? Like, I think I said this too, and I still stick, stick to it, right? There's going to be people who really, really want, like, you know, if, if it's a car, like you want the actual car dealership to fix it for you as compared to like, some third-party mechanic, right? If people take the risk and people are more risk advert than others, I personally would never let someone touch like my phone and repair it if it's a third-party company. I would always want that, but not everybody wants that, right? Not everybody has an, you know, an iPhone 11 that they want to be repaired um, because they dropped it, right? Like if I drop it and the screen cracks, it's a brand new iPhone 11. Am I going to go to a third-party person and void the warranty, or am I going to go to Apple? Obviously, I'm going to go to Apple, but if I'm someone that's like an iPhone 6 and their screen cracks, but hey, I still really like my iPhone 6, am I going to pay $500 to get my iPhone, or like $400 to get my iPhone 6 repaired? Like, no, why would I do that? Like, it's not even, it's not the best. All I need my cell phone to do is work on the internet, work with Safari. As long as that works, I'm like, fine, right? So there's like, so... Again, like, what is, what is so drastic? How much are you actually losing? Because, like, is this, is it really that big of a deal, right? Like, Apple, Tim, Mr. Tim Apple, if you are listening to this, um, because I think they want to control so much of the aspect of repair, the quality of other people's repairs who have, who, you know, are loyal, dedicated Apple fanboys, who to some extent I consider myself one, but not like, like a, a freaking love Apple everything, and I gotta get Apple repaired and like, um, like the quality of a high value customer who actually repeatedly buys the iPhone on the day of launch, on the day that you know it's twelve hundred dollars plus tax, um, but they're like, let me set this up, you know they buy it, it breaks, but hey. That guy has to wait five days for his phone to be repaired um, because, hey, you wanted to control the entire market on, you wanted to control the entire market in terms of, you know, making sure nobody else can repair. And now you have a hundred iPhone 6s that need to be repaired. Sorry, I gotta drink more water. Um, 100 iPhone 6s, iPhone SEs, and that's delaying it, right? So I think by trying to have all this control, you're making the product, you're making the experience worse. Um, in terms of like your most loyal fan base, right? So I don't think it's a very smart move. There should be like these are like your micro helpers who really aren't taking the margin of anything. I believe they're making the making there be less friction between a very dedicated customer who pays, you know, who pays for unlocked versions of the phone <clears throat> to have it repaired at a more, more um, 
at a much faster rate, right? So like, yeah, Tim Apple, if you're listening, um, I don't think what you're doing is smart and it makes you look horrible. Uh, so yeah, I, I think those small repair stores are a more beneficial uh, aspect. And Apple, you already have everybody's money. Um, why do you need everybody else's, right? Um, so yeah, that's kind of my my rants on that on the repair. Uh, I think Lou, Louise Rosman takes uh, a better aspect to it. He's a little bit more hardcore. Well, he's like a you know uh, build over buy instead of me who's buy over build, right? Because I have zero engineering skills um, in terms of that. So if you want a more like hardcore exp- um, ex- perspective on it, then yeah. Again, um, don't tell me to just buy a new one because I could have figured that out too, right? Uh, all right, so now we're going to be talking about the LG G- G8X and the Motorola Razr. Uh, I freaking love the Razr. One of the best phones ever. Uh, and sort of the state of foldables because I think it's, it's getting very real with foldables. You see all these companies... Um, trying their best, like genuinely trying their best um, to make a good foldable phone, which is honestly, that's 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 a lot better for us. We have a lot more choice. Um, so the LG G8X, uh, I saw the reviews, looks really great. It looks, um, it feels different. Like it's, it feels different in a good way. Um, and I think I'm a, more of a fan of this because you know, they give you your phone, the flagship phone, and then they give you uh, a separate case with the exact same, you know, the exact same um, case with the exact same, what is it? The exact same monitor, the exact same screen, right? And they look great. You can separate it. It's a case. It draws a little bit on the power of uh, your phone. Um, and it has like this video game aspect to it. You know, you if you flip it, you put the, if you put the phone inside the screen, it's now flipped and becomes two screens. And that to me is interesting. Uh, I really love the aspect of it because, you know, sometimes you will definitely need two screens, right? Like if I'm watching a YouTube video, like on one screen, I can have the YouTube video and the other one, you know, I'm just looking at the live chat during it because you want to see full screen. So that's sort of an aspect, but you know, I'm not going to need it all the time, right? Just when I'm you know, I'm at work, you're at work, you're bored um, somewhere, right? You're not always going to need that second screen. You might just carry it in your backpack or whatever. Uh, but I think that what they did is really great. Uh, the video game, and I'm, I'm, I don't play that that much video games at all, but like this, you run a simulator on that. Um, it looks really cool, like... This is something that if you told me like 20 years ago, I would have like lost, like, like 10 years ago, I would have been like, you're freaking crazy. Um, but emu- simulators, we're in a simulation. Uh, emulators, um, I said, you, you're freaking crazy, right? But it looks really cool. I think this is a different approach and I would totally buy one of these. Uh, it just looks so cool uh, and it's running uh, Android. And this, this is like a phone that I'm just like, whoa, this this is something new. This is something uh, I haven't seen. And they're just taking a, a much different approach to it. 
I keep on saying all these great things, right? Like, see, I'm just, I'm not just an Apple fanboy. I can, I, I just admire the technology and what, what's going on um, with these companies, right? And I think LG has done something um, that's going to help other companies advance um, and make the product better. So really cool, really awesome. And I wish I could get my hands on one. So yeah, so now we're going to talk about, the, see, that, that's my, I, someone tweet me a new transition. I know this is what I learned in writing and your so is your transitions. Uh, <laughs> so the Motorola Razor, this is another sort of foldable thing. You know, we, uh, I owned a Razor. I think that's like, if I had to express the way that the Razor made me feel, it was just like, you know, the, the glowing backs, the, the the keyboard lit up it looked futuristic it looked amazing and i think you know if you're a millennial boomers um i don't think boomers experience the exact same thing i'm <laughs> just kidding just kidding love y'all um the razor was that like that whoa moment you know like that whoa razor awesome you know there were like sort of different mo- i've i own like a razor and then i own like it was like made by Motorola, but it wasn't, I think it was like, it was like Razer was Razer Plus, and then there was like the other one. I forgot what it was, but it was, it sort of replicated what it was, but the Razer was really an amazing phone. They're bringing it back. It's flip open, just like the original one. Looks like it has more touch screen. Um, and that, I saw it in the wild. You know, I was looking through the internet uh, on Reddit, and there was uh, sort of a picture of it in the wild. And that chin, that chin, oh God, the chin on the razor, you know, the renders uh, that were shown, I was like, that was my concern. That was always a concern, right? How, how big is the chin on that thing? It looks so huge. It's not just, you know, I, I don't quite remember what the aspect of it like what the size looks of it like the screen resolution that's also like a concern too right because it's like a flip phone it's not like it's not like your iphone right where you're going to be holding it like this because when you open it there's going to be like this bezel in between or this uh this folding out in between thing right so it's going to cut through it so i think that's another problem uh, maybe this is sort of like their showcase of what they can do and then they're going to bring out a new product which is like all touchscreen right so maybe they're just building up hype on the nostalgia of the razor and um yeah the the chin is the one thing that is not attractive at all unless they do some sort of functionality with it even then like i just you know i don't i don't want this to seem like i have a huge like rock in my in my pants, in my pants, right? That sounds inappropriate. Like in my pockets, right? Like it looks like I have a rock and it's my cell phone and it's like here and there's like this chin that's like hitting my cheek all the time. But I think it is still interesting, you know, the way it's being folded out. And it just looks like an interesting product, right? Like this foldable thing is taking its place and you know it's it folding is coming up before modulars if you don't remember that it was like the i think google really wanted to take modular phones to the next level 
and uh, it didn't it didn't happen it didn't happen I I I was really rooting for that like hoping that uh, hoping that it would take over right that modular phones would come that way you can you don't have to worry about the battery and you can always if you want it to be more focus your phone you're like I'm recording this through my phone right like if your phone you don't want to get a DSLR you want to upgrade the camera so uh, to me I was really for it right it never took off but to me now that I'm seeing sort of this uh, module this foldability I'm wondering if this is like a step you know it's like a puzzle right like first came like cell phones and then people tried to do modular cell phones but that didn't work out so now but touchscreen worked right and since touchscreen has evolved so much and it's worked it works so great now oh now we can do folding or maybe folding isn't the next right step it's mod modularity um because the touchscreens are so great so because foldability is now a, a like a a main aspect of it is modularity next is like is there some company that's going to do it so great like lg i think did a really great i mean there's there's still some quirks to it but it's it's a great great uh leap forward so uh like i said i, I was really all for the modularity but is it foldability first and then modularity or are we going to be like hmm foldables don't really work right now the, the technology isn't there but modularity since we got foldables to be so good, uh, is modularity the next step? So again, I, I would be all for that. Um, and and then the question arises, will there be a new software for the modularity? Um, will there be just like some unknown coming out of nowhere? Unknown, well, unknown coming out of nowhere, that's, you can't use the word in definition, right? So uh, to me, I don't think I'd ever get a folding phone like that. It's just like I, I do drop my phone quite often if I'm being realistic. So if it's like foldable, uh, you know, everything's just like so much more connected. Uh, it's harder to repair. We were just talking about repairs, um, cases. Like I, I still put a phone on my, I still put a phone on my case. I still put a case on my phone, uh, and I'm just, you know. I'd just be worried about that. I think like wear fold wearable foldables are a little bit more my style. And that's just me, right? Like if you told me, um, I don't know if you remember those things when you were in grade school that you, they were like flat and then you put them on your wrist and then it would just clamp on. Like if it was a foldable like watch like that, I think that's, that's a little bit more doable because it's in a more static area of your, of your body. You know, like you have like the heartbeat um, sensors that people put around, like like the professional athletes to monitor their heart rate. Um, if that was foldable and that was there to monitor like vital signs of older people, um, you know, it's not as uncomfortable. I think that's that to me is a little bit more of a practical uh, application for it. Uh, and I think that maybe not a foldable phone, but a foldable watch. You know, does that make sense? Like a fold, like, like a watch, like if a watch was flat, foldable, uh, like an Apple watch. And then you, you know, you slapped it on there and it stayed there and it didn't bug me. And there was no restrictions when I type. Uh, I think that's where it would be a little bit more efficient because, you know, your hands are greasy. They, they fall. People, you know, hands, 
they sometimes kick your phone by accident, right? Or hit your phone by accident. So um, I think it's becoming a really interesting field in terms of the folding phone. And yeah, so, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's, it's getting heated. It's getting a lot better. And I hope that foldable finds its niche, right? Because mm, you can't make everything foldable and thin. I think TVs were, are, are good in that aspect, right? Like a flat TV, like a very flat TV. I think LG did that too. Uh, like the very super thin one wire TV. That's a great application. Uh, I don't know if phones will get there, right? Because people don't want to drop their phones. So, again, phenomenal. All great. All great for us as a consumer um, to be able to look at this technology and be like, whoa, this is what I want. And there's multiple choices. Uh, but, yeah, I, I my, my biggest hope is that Foldable finds its niche, its niche and niche and sort of worlds with it. And I think wearables, uh, wearables, watches, heartbeat monitors, um, stuff that, you know, stuff that isn't comfortable. I mean, a watch is pretty comfortable, but, um, yeah, uh, I think that's where it would, it would be a little bit more fitting than a cell phone that you drop all the time. And, you know, yeah. All right. <clears throat> So, uh, I think that's about it. We talked about a lot of stuff here. Uh, it's 50 minutes. I uh, just want to thank everybody for tuning in again. Uh, again, thank you to everybody that signed the petition. We're at 210. And hopefully this man gets on Mars. like he, I mean, get, gets on Hot Ones like he got on Reddit. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Um, if you have the time, make sure to check out my youtube channel if you're listening to this on my podcast uh, my youtube is at isaac mihongos and um please check out how uh my latest upload which is how matt bubbles diavella turned me into a minimalist because yeah just i think it's a pretty good video that i made and let me know what you think always tweet at me again if i especially when it came to the political thing, I'm just correct me if I was wrong or tweet at me the right information, the right uh, scholarly journal. Uh, so I know, so, you know, I, I don't want to be mis, I don't want to be misinformed and I don't want to misinform others, right? Because that only leads to negative responses. Um, so again, that's it for now. Uh, check it out, tweet at me. And once again, my name is Isaac Mihangos. Thank you for your time. What is it? <laughs> Thank you for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Mihangos, and I'll catch you in the next one.